It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. What's up and what's happening, everybody, and welcome into the 120th episode of the Uptempo Podcast. We are in for a late-night interview with Logan Carney, covering the West Virginia Mountaineers. He is coming to us over the phone to talk about the backyard brawl tonight. He was in attendance. We can't wait to have him. We're excited. There's a lot to talk about, and we're going to kick it right over here to Belly Up Sports, and then we are going to get Logan in here on the phone to get after it. So here we go. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Welcome back in, everybody, and tonight we are joined by a special guest by the name of Logan Carney, making his second appearance on the Up Tempo Podcast. And Logan was in attendance for the backyard brawl tonight, and what a hellacious game it was. Logan, man, give me, uh, give me all the details of what it was like tonight. Oh my gosh, it was, they, they shouldn't just play this game every year, they should play this game every week. It was one of the best football games, one of the best atmospheres. Um, it is the largest crowds ever to attend a game in Pittsburgh. Mm. That's that's not college, that's not Pitt. There were more people at tonight's game than ever at a Steelers game, at a Pirates game, or at a Penguins game. Oh wow! This is the largest. This is the largest crowd 
in Pittsburgh sports history. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little over 70,000 um, at Heinz Field, probably somewhere between a 90-10, um, 80-20 percentage split between Pitt and West Virginia fans. Um, a very loud minority of West Virginia fans. Mm-hmm. And the atmosphere, there's several videos on my Twitter um, I got to I got to get onto the fields and I got a video of the Pitch and Sweet Caroline, which um, for those of you that don't know, after the third quarter they sing Sweet Caroline and during the bump 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 part they say Let's go Pit. West Virginia fans chant Eat shit Pit. <laughs> and I I don't know like it's there are concerts at Heinz Field that were not as loud as the seventy thousand people screaming during that song. Mm-hmm. It was one of the most incredible things I've ever experienced. Um, and the game itself was great, but, you know, I'm sure we're going to get into that specifically. But, yeah, the atmosphere was, you know, it's at a pro stadium, but it was it was college football atmosphere. Um, credit to both fan bases that came. Um, saw an incredible sloppy game that mm-hmm. came down to the literal wire, which mm-hmm. we will get into. Um, this, I mean, it's, it's, it's just been an incredible night here in Pittsburgh for, for if you, if you want, if you're entertained by sports, (laughs) man, Logan, it was, it was incredible, man. You could feel the atmosphere through the TV, man. It it was, uh, everything that we hoped for to kick off the college football season, man. And, you know, I want to, I want to hop into the, to the game real quick, man. And the first thing that I kind of picked up on from the from the West Virginia side, man, is I want to talk a little bit about their offensive line. And what would you give the grade for this offensive line? And we know how good uh, the defensive line from Pitt was. I know, like you said, it was very sloppy and they had some false start penalties. But the protection on, on JT Daniels, for the most part, was pretty dang good uh, with what we know you know, Pitt has on the D-line. Yeah, it's it's... You know, it, it's hard to say they played bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned they had several miscues. You know, they were several small start penalties. Um, they gave up, you know, they only gave up three sacks, but they were three really, really big sacks. Um, it's so it, it's hard to say that, you know, they didn't have their miscues, but this is an offensive line that, you know, Pitt's defensive line, Pitt's defensive line, we talked um, before mm-hmm. they, there's a very strong argument that they have the best defensive line in the entire country, mm-hmm. and West Virginia put up 200 yards rushing gained on it. Um, so it's it's really hard to you know you can overlook the miscues when it's week one in a in a extremely loud stadium when your offensive line puts up when when you're running game. In an air raid style offense, remember <laughs> this is Graham Harrell. This is an air raid style offense. Puts up 200 yards of rushing. Um, and that in itself is absolutely incredible. The fact they did it on the roads in a rivalry game against arguably the best defensive line in the country, mm. an experienced, talented defensive line in the country that had 54 sacks and was in the last year and was in the top 10 in rushing yards per game last year is extremely, extremely impressive. Um, you know, the numbers last year for the West Virginia offensive line were not kind to them, but it's hard to walk away from a game like this from the performance they had and not say that, you know, all the arguments about them being one of the top unit offensive line units in the country, um, 
look to be correct. That was a very, very, I, I think, despite the music cues, there's a very good performance by the WVU offensive line. Yeah, Logan, and uh, talking a little bit about a guy that ran behind that offensive line tonight, C.J. Donaldson, man. Uh, could you talk about his performance? And I know he had the block punt and then turned right around and uh, got the got the Russian TD right behind that man. And could you talk yeah. about the the performance he had? Yeah, so a little – so, the, you know, the, C.J. Donaldson was a three-star tight end recruit. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. This year, true freshman – Transitioned to running back um, over the off season, and had the block punt. Had two big runs. One I believe was forty nine yards. Mm-hmm. Um, the set, I had another big run that was over twenty yards, and had a touch rushing touchdown as well. Um, we spoke to him. We spoke to him in a press conference. You can find that on West Virginia Sports Now YouTube's page. You can see him talking about it. Um, yeah, he was a three star tight end who transitioned to running back. Average seventeen point nine yards per carry against Pitt's defensive line uh, was the focal point, and with you know had just seven carries for one hundred and twenty five yards. It was you know if there was a guy, it's you know there were several players on West Virginia. I would say put up performances, but if West Virginia wins that game and it came down to the wire, um, if West Virginia wins that football game this would have been remembered as the C.J. Donaldson backyard brawl. Yeah. Because it was an absolutely incredible performance from a guy that's never played running back before, <laughs> transitioned <laughs> to tight ends, had to go into a pro of NFL stadium with a hostile crowd, and averaged almost 20 yards a carry. Um, you know, it's, it's one of the most... It, it, it was, even though they lost, you know... It, it was one of the most impressive performances of the night. Um, he had that block punt. Mm-hmm. You know, he talked to us in the press conference. That's something that they've actually been working on in practice. They noticed in film that Pitt, um, their long snapper and their punter, like to run to the side, which you may, if you go back and watch the game, you'll see that's what they they did. They snap to the side and run and, and run and punt on the side with a line drive punt. Um, West Virginia, who has put an emphasis on improving their special teams, this offseason, noticed in film that Pitt likes to do that, and that's what how CJ Donaldson, um, the true freshman, the true freshman, the true free star freshman, was able to expertly read what was going on in that play, make the incredible play, and then scored on a short touchdown run on the on the ensuing drive. Um, yeah, it, it was an incredible performance by him. Nothing short of incredible performance by him. And even though it's a loss, it's it's hard. It would be hard to imagine that he ever forgets this night. <laughs> yeah, Logan, man. I mean, the show that he put on—it was incredible. Uh, it, it was a, a fun night. I, I thought they should have fed him a little bit more than what they did. But uh, I want to talk about JT Daniels, man. And and how did you how did you think about his play? I thought he looked really good. Uh, I know he was getting pressured and, and knocked around at times, but uh, he was stepping up in the pocket and, and throwing some nice balls, man. How do you feel uh, JT played in his first game? He, he looks like the veteran presence that. Um you expected to get when you brought in mm-hmm. um, the leader, the, the the old vet, um, the old gunslinger, as we like to call him. <laughs> um, Daniels, Daniels, you know, and it, it, we spoke to him after the game. 
Um, and a lot of the stuff he said just sounded like a guy speaking of leader, of, of, of being a leader. Um, there was the interception, the pick six that sealed the win for Pitt. That gave them the, the touchdown leads um, and, be, and ended up being the deciding game. Um, Daniels was asked about what he said to Bryce Ford Wheaton after the game. Because mm. what happened was Ford Wheaton, who in his own right had a very well game. He had two touchdowns, mm. um, two touchdowns, 97 yards on nine receptions, was targeted 16 times. Um, very, very good performance by him, but that big, you know, that, that tip and uh, going into the the hands of MJ Devonshire. Um, it was a Pittsburgh kid, by the way, Alec Quippa. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you know much about Al Equippa, uh, but actually, you know what? I'll tell you about Al Equippa after after this. Make sure you remind, you ask me about Al Equippa. After All this. right. But <laughs> we'll stay on Daniels for now. But um, Daniels, so Daniels is um, has a very poised. You can tell he's a leader. He's respected mm-hmm. in the locker room. Um, this reminder, he has only been with the program for you know, not long, like a little mm-hmm. month. He came after the spring game. Um, so this was, you know, and in the first half of this month, the first two weeks, he was splitting reps with three other quarterbacks. So he did not have a lot of time to develop connections with wide receivers, with the offensive line, with the, lead the offense as a whole. And, you know, it, it seems that, you know, he developed a lot of it. And this was a very hostile crowd for him personally. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, um, there, you know, I was on the field and there was in the student section. There's a, a video of them taking snaps facing the student section, and right in front of Daniels in the student section, a couple rows back, is a picture of him sucking a girl's feet that's been circulating on social media. <laughs> and a lot of the chants that were was like, you like feet and stuff like that. <laughs> and when he was leaving the field, the pit team went right up to him, and there were pit players changing that out. Oh. Um, so it was certainly a hostile crowd um, for him personally, for the team as a whole, but for him personally. And I think, you know, it's I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm overwhelmed by his performance. I think he was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, just 214 yards, um, almost 50% on his completions. You know, not overwhelming numbers. Yep. Um, but in terms of the veteran presence that West Virginia needed at quarterback for this game, um, he definitely provided it. And I think, you know, it, it should be a great sign going forward. Yeah, Logan, I, I know, you know, Pitt was bringing a lot of, you know, they were they were getting to him at times and everything, and, and he was making some really nice throws, man. And, you know, like you said, the veteran presence and him stepping up into the pocket and, and, and uh, completing some really nice balls there, man. I thought he played... Uh, pretty dang well uh, in the backyard brawl for his first ever time playing in that in that type of environment right there man Uh, i thought he did a really really good job but logan man one thing i want to ask you is when the play happened uh with the wheaton drop and they take it back to the house man could you take us through that in the stadium and just the atmosphere while that play was happening yeah so the atmosphere so um, you know, to go through like the history of the brawl and the history of it, it, the Pittsburgh, the city, mm-hmm. you know, is really divided between a few fan bases. It's not all Pitt fans in this mm-hmm. city. Um, and now it's mostly Pitt fans, obviously. 
mm-hmm. but there's a large presence of Penn State fans. There's a large presence of West Virginia fans. Um, there's a good sized presence of Notre Dame fans as well. Um, so whenever Pitt hosts um, Penn State, West Virginia, Notre Dame, there's always ten um, percent to twenty percent of the stadium is is the away rival fan base, mm-hmm. and during the lead up to that pit six, um, the pit fans were, you know, they were relatively quiet. Um, they just, you know, they did just have a touchdown that tied it up. But, you know, West Virginia had the ball. They, they, they had the lead, obviously, prior to the game being tied up. Mm. They had most of the momentum. Um, the West Virginia fans were, were pretty loud. Um, for, you know, again, I think it was like 10 to 20 percent, maybe 25 at most of the stadium. Um, but they were they were loud. They were a loud group. And when that interception happened, you could just feel. I mean, there was electricity. People sitting on their edge of their seats all night. But you could just feel that the stadium exploded. Mm. Like the whole thing. It was you know there's 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 few sporting events that I've been at that could match the level of that crowd. I was at the 2013 wild card game for the Pirates. Um, you can actually see me in the picture of the on the Post Gazette's article of the home run ball. You can actually see me and my family in it. Oh wow! Um, when yeah, when Johnny Cueto dropped the ball and then threw a home run on the next pitch, um, <laughs> it was you know that that was one of the crowds that I remember. I was at that Pitt Penn State game in 2016. Um, that was a crowd that I remember it was at Steelers, Steelers Ravens, Steelers Patriots. You know there are crowds that stand out to you. There's been mm. Penguin playoff games and everything. The electricity in the statement stadium for this game, and especially after that pick six, was something that I will remember for the rest of my life. It was an incredible atmosphere. Um, if you're if you're executives for Pitt in West Virginia, you're, you're you're sitting down tomorrow to. I mean, they've already extended it twice, but you're sitting down tomorrow and signing a lifetime deal. <laughs> you got to <laughs> it was, man. It was an atmosphere that. It's really tough to explain unless you were here, or you, you know, unless you were here at it. Um, it was something that, you know, and there was a lot of build up too in that house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the fact that college game day was here, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's, you know, you're going to pit a place that doesn't sell out their stadium regularly. You know, that's really significant in its own right. The fact that Pitt's coming off the year that they had, the fact that, West Virginia's um, West Virginia's team had a lot of hype locally um, going into the game. There was a lot of trash talk between the two. A lot of trash talk <laughs> between the two fan bases. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of build up going in. You know, it all just seemed like it. It, it, uh, it was it was something that was incredible. But if there was an atmosphere moment that stood out, though, it was the. I tell you, you got to go to my social page, media underscore carnival, and mm-hmm. check out the Sweet Caroline clip that I posted. Yeah, man, I, I will go the, check it out. That was the, like, there were guys standing behind me, just taking it, and just, and you can probably, you may be able to hear them blanking, but you just hear, wow, wow, because they were just so in shock over how crazy this atmosphere is. I mean, it's the largest in Pittsburgh. The Steelers, the Steelers, the NFL's premier franchise. Damn. Has never had a crowd this big. 
Damn. So it's it's something that is that is you know it it it's and and you got to remember too this is this region is football. Mm-hmm. You know, this is and they are not just football. They are blue collar, tough as nails football. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a region that constantly feels disrespected um, from from the national sense sentiment when they say, "Well, Texas is the best for football. Florida mm-hmm. is the best for football." They'll say up here, it's it's the Western Pennsylvania region. Yeah. They'll say it's they'll say it's right here. There's been a long, you know, we went over the other show about how many now it's dipped in years. I'm not gonna it's certainly dipped in years. They're not producing the talent that they did in the seventies and eighties and nineties. Um, I mean it's still great talent. Aaron Donald grew up right to, right across right in the neighborhood next to me. Pat McAfee went to the same high school, so it's still great talent. Um But this is a region that they they live and breathe by playing tough, hard nosed football mm. uh, both teams are defined by that they are they are they are they know that the national they they don't care about proving it to national people mm. they care about proving it to each other that they're tougher that they can put you in the mud that they can beat the crap out of you mm. that's what this region is it's steel city and coal mining country <laughs> and it's it's that's what this whole area is defined by. Um, so when you get games like this, these hard-fought, hard-nosed games, it's it's something that's just it's really, really tough. It's it's, it's really just, the atmosphere is just absolutely incredible. Like to put it back, I mentioned Aliquippa, and I'll just go on a tangent on here. <laughs> so Aliquippa, so MJ Devonshire, the kid that made the pick, yeah, from Aliquippa which is in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've heard of the show, movie, and book, Friday Night Lights, I'm assuming. Yes, sir. Um, so Odessa, Texas. Mm-hmm. So the book was the original one. Um, to show you what this region is to football, Aliquippa was down in the final two in terms of what the book was going to be about. It was either Odessa, Texas, or Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. Really? Aliquippa, Aliquippa is a school of like of like a hundred students. It's an extremely small school. Um, up here, their divisions and conferences are organized by school size. Mm-hmm. Their school size should have them in what is called one A football. Mm-hmm. They've won almost ten consecutive Whitfield titles, playing up and not two A, not three A, but four A. Holy shit. <laughs> it is, it is a school significant. It is like if Vanderbilt won the SEC every year. Hey, Logan, that that, <laughs> that, is, that Vanderbilt team looked pretty good. The region. Hey, I, Logan, I was going to tell you that Vanderbilt team looked pretty good last week. Yeah, they, 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 did, they did, but they're not winning the SEC. <laughs> Carry on, man. Carry on. It is the perfect, the perfect. That's why I like telling people Ali Clipper. It is the Mm -hmm. perfect example of what football and what the blue collar attitude means for this entire region. Mm. Um, It is, it is an area that was defined um, by the steel mills and hit hard when the steel mills left, 
and they wrapped around their high school football team. And they, their, their stadium is called the Pit. They play in they call it the Pit. Wow. <laughs> and they, they keep beating up on schools that are three to five times their size. Yeah. And it is it is it is one of the it is just what this region, what this game is um and it's it isn't just an absolutely incredible game. It's it's I've been to a lot of great sporting events, both as a fan and as a reporter, and this one is it, it's something I'm gonna remember for the rest of my life, the atmosphere that was here tonight. Damn man, that's crazy, Logan. That that is that is wild, man. I absolutely love it. Uh, like I said a while ago, man, you could feel it through the TV. Uh, I was sitting here watching it with my father-in-law, and we were both just on the edge of our seat, man, just back and forth, you know. And I wanted to ask you, man, there was a big key play. Well, I should say could have been a key play, but there was about six minutes left, fourth and one. Uh, West Virginia's driving, and uh, they're in pit territory, and... Neil Brown decides to take a delay of game and punt the football, man. Um, I, I, yeah. want, I wanted yeah. to ask you, Logan, uh, should he have went for it right there to, to kind of – I feel like that could have iced the game right there, man. Yes, this and the catch-no-catch no catch and some of the targeting calls are what have been – or what are going to define this game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's – the, the the punt, you know, there are some that say that was a turning point. Not getting for it was obvious not to go for it. You know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do another history lesson here. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big history buff. Um, Pat Narduzzi, Pitt's head coach, in 2019, similar situation. Mm-hmm. They're significant underdogs to Penn State. They're on the road at Penn State. Um, Penn State, you know, Pitt hates West Virginia. Uh, Pitt hates Penn State more than they hate West Virginia. Mm-hmm. West Virginia is the better rivalry, but Pitt hates West. Virginia. Penn State more than they hate, just because they're more Pitt fans deal with more Penn State fans than they do West Virginia fans. Because absolutely, just how many there are in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Penn State was a top ten team in the country. Time Pitt had them, they were in down by a score. I think it was eight points. They're down by, and they have a first and they have a first and goal from the one. Uh, they run the ball, don't get it. Mm-hmm. Second and goal from the run, they run the ball, don't get it. Third and goal from the run, they run the ball, don't get it. So Pitt brings out their kicker on fourth and goal from the one. The kicker misses the field goal. <laughs> Pitt loses the game 1913. <laughs> I think was the final score. Maybe it was 1911. I have to double check. 1911 would make sense because it was they were down by eight. Uh, Narduzzi in the week leading up to this said um, he was asked the question get by who he was asked the question did any of those games from the Pitt Penn State renewal um, can you get any lessons from that for the West Virginia games and he said to go forward on fourth and one <laughs> was his answer <laughs> I probably should have gone for it um, now we go to today the roles are reversed mm-hmm West Virginia is significant underdogs. It's your rival stadium. Um, it's your rival stadium. You know, it, if they lose, it really doesn't look bad on them. Mm-hmm. You know, because they were expected to lose. They were seven and a half point underdogs. Um, Neil Brown has fourth and what's probably a foot. Mm-hmm. You know, going for it, and I've been talking about this with people on Twitter, going for it, 
I, I can see it. I can totally understand why somebody would go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but at the same time, I'm not sure if I would have in that situation. It's hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, you say he should have went for it because what he did with the punt didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you pin them deep, you pin them within the five. There's six minutes left in the game. You know, Pitt has, you know, yeah, you, you run very well against Pitt's defensive line, but it is still arguably the best defensive line in the country. There's no guarantee you get that foot. Mm-hmm. There really isn't. You know, and so I'm not saying, you know, it's not as easy as a decision as I think people make it out to be. If there was not six minutes left on the clock, you know, just it, it may be. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to turn the ball over at the about the 50-yard line. Yep. It was on 48. So the 48-yard line. Um, to on the roads, on the roads, mm-hmm. to a team with six minutes left. You know, whereas you can punt it, pin them deep, pin them within five yards, ten yards, and do it. I mean, it's it's a tough call. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't know what I would have done. I can see the logic behind what Neil Brown did. I can see the logic behind what people are saying on Twitter about it. Um, you know, it's Neil Brown was asked about it at the press conference. He said that he would have done it again if given the chance um, for the exact same reasons that I just laid out. It's it's a really, really tough call to make. Mm-hmm. You know, and who knows, three years from now, when they play Pitt again and Neil Brown's asked what Neil Brown's asked what Narduzzi was asked, what lessons did you learn from the previous games? Maybe he says the same thing to go forward on fourth and one. But it's mm-hmm. just really, really tough. Um, it, it's a really tough call to make, I think. I don't think it's an easy I don't think there's no guarantee either way. Yeah, man, and and you know, like you said, it, hindsight's twenty twenty. If West Virginia would have made a stop, and everybody would have been saying, "Hey, Neil Brown's a genius for punting right there," and West Virginia wins the game, and and then if he would have went for it and got it, it would have been the same thing. You know, he's a genius. But now that he punted and they end up losing the football game, uh, you know, everybody on Twitter says, "Oh, it's it's Neil Brown's fault. He should have went for it." And, you know, that's, I mean, that's how it goes, man. It's like Nebraska last week when they kicked the onside kick. You know, if they, if they would have got it, Scott Frost well, would have been a genius. That, I would say it's just, was just it, it, it was. It was. <laughs> it was a little bit different. I think, I think the onside kick call was a little bit different. It, it, it was a terrible call. I, I agree. I agree with you. It's, it's, it's a hindsight. is twenty twenty, And mm-hmm. she did people on Twitter saying, well, Neil Brown was playing not to lose, not playing to win. Um, you know, and it's it's you know it's the same criticism, same criticism that I had about Pat Narduzzi when we didn't go forward up fourth the one in the Penn State game. Mm-hmm. That you know he was playing not to lose, not playing to win. So like it's you know it's it's tough. I mean, I think you pin them deep. I mean, it's not like two. I mean, they drove down the field. Mm-hmm. West Virginia still got the ball with with a few minutes with. Four minutes left. They had yep. the time to drive down and get the game-winning touchdown, um, but the tip pass into the pick six—that's what iced the game. Not the punt. Not the, the, the punt call. Yep. And I think that's what people have to understand too: is that his punt call gave gave West Virginia the ball with enough time to methodically drive down the field. It just didn't work. Hmm. 
you know, and I think that's something to consider too. It's not like they decided to punt the ball and that, pos- that possession by Pitt was the last possession of the game and then Pitt drove down and won. Hmm. You're giving Pitt the ball back in, within their own 10 with with um, six minutes left. They're down by a touchdown. You know, it, the most likely scenario when you do that, the most likely scenario is you end up getting the ball back on a punt. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's usually how that plays out. Yep. They had a great drive. Um, and they they had a great drive. They had a great pick six, and they won the football game. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think people have to remember too that when looking at this stuff, is you can focus on those those minute details, you know. But this West Virginia team was not supposed to compete tonight. Mm. They were seven and a half point underdogs. They were in a hostile environment. They were. It was a really hostile environment. Um, you know the, the, the student section was chaining um, cousin efforts. Oh, wow! Uh, it was it was a very hostile environment. Again, there's a video of the pit football team <laughs> at the end of the game while West Virginia is leaving the field, and they're running up and waving to them goodbye. Man. You know the the, the the pit the pit. There was that thing on ESPN, which I'm sure you saw. Saying that West Virginia was going to have seventy five percent of the stadium, yeah, which was just a stupid stat to ever put out. Um, they, they and the Pitt Twitter account tweeted twenty five percent. LOL. At the end of the game, the Pitt <laughs> Twitter account made a tweet out a video of, of Country Roads being cut off after like ten seconds, and then the intercept the pick six probably got. It was a hostile environment. These are two teams that despise each other to the core. Man. You know, it's it. This was a game that I don't. West Virginia is not expected to compete yeah. this much. They weren't expected to lead the amount of times that they did. They weren't expected to be up by a touchdown with six minutes left. You know, it's it's. I don't think. You know, Neil Brown entered this game with a whole new secondary. He lost mm-hmm. Charles Woods on the first and the, the second drive of the game. Charles Woods mm-hmm. are probably the best defensive back in the Big Twelve. The only defensive back, the starting defensive back that was returning to West Virginia. He lost him in the second drive of the game. So he had mm. a whole new secondary out there. He had you know, he had a new quarterback that only had a few weeks of first team of, of getting full first team reps. And he went out there against the number sixteen team in the country, the ACC champs, the hated rivals, who returns almost everybody except for Addison and Pickett. Mm-hmm. And he was leading with six minutes left. That deserves a lot of credit. You know, absolutely a lot of credit. They they really played their ass off tonight. Um, and you know West Virginia fans aren't going to want to hear this because they lost to their rival mm-hmm. but there's a lot more positives to take out from tonight than, than negatives um, about the future of the program mm-hmm. you know I think maybe a little shocked that you know you know maybe this you know the truth that this team that you know West Virginia fans didn't want to admit that this team is not as talented as Pitt is right now you know there's exceptions there's there's sons of realization of that that should come from this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, they hung with Pitt. They were leading with six minutes. They had a chance to win the game. Mm-hmm. 
they at one point they probably had the better odds to win the game. You know, it's sometimes no doubt. it just doesn't work out in your favor. Um, both teams made many miscues as week one week one miscues, the the false start penalties, the drop passes, um, those you know, some blown coverages, week one miscues. Um, but this was it was a really good football game by two teams that, you know, really played their asses off. Um, and that, I think, is something that a lot of West Virginia fans should take pride in knowing that, that this team went out there, all their new faces, all their moving parts, all the challenges that they have faced. And there's a point where you could argue they should have won this game. Mm. And that, in its own right, is extremely impressive. Yeah, Logan, I, I agree with everything you said there, man. I I, I feel like uh, this this West Virginia team is in for a damn good year, man. I, they looked really, really impressive tonight. And uh, I'm excited for the rest of the year for them. I'm excited for Neil Brown. And, and there's no way you can hold your head, man. It, you know, losing a game like that to a, a really damn good team, really damn good pit team, man. Uh, I think there's good things in store for this West Virginia bunch, man. I really do. Uh, but... Logan, man, I know I know you're busy. I don't want to keep you too much longer, man, and I really appreciate you joining me. If you could, Logan, uh, could you drop your Twitter handle and where everybody can find your work? Yeah, sure thing. So um, I'll be so I'm on media underscore carnival, spelled like carnival, mm-hmm. C-O-R-N-I-V-A-L. Um, I'm currently the West Virginia football beat writer for WV Sports Now and Network up here in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. um, of many sites. Um, but I will be stepping down from that role into a smaller role because I got a new full time job. Um, but I will be. You can find me on West Virginia Sports Now, Nittany Sports Now, which is the Penn State website, and Pittsburgh Sports Now, which is our Pittsburgh um, site as well. And we have YouTube pages for those as well. Um, check out the press conferences from this game. There was a lot of Neil Brown had a very interesting press conference, to say the least. Um, a lot you can take away from. Well, Logan, man, I I know you're busy, man, and like I said, I, I'd love to have you back on here, and even if we, you know, we can talk some pit football, Penn State, West Virginia, whatever, man. Yeah, I'm glad to be back on. I mean, West Virginia got Virginia Tech in a few weeks. That's going to be an extremely exciting game. Um, you know, Pitt has Tennessee next week. Mm-hmm. Um, Penn State's obviously going to be playing so many Big Ten games. So, whenever you want me on, man, just just let me know. All right, Logan, man. Hey, I really appreciate you stepping in here tonight, man, and and, uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, I'll see you, Blake. All right, Logan. Wow, Logan Carney coming back for his second episode, bringing the heat from the backyard brawl. What an episode. He broke it down, the the post-game pressers from Neil Brown and what JT Daniel had to say and I just uh, went over the atmosphere in the game and gave you a, a backstory on the rivalry and how intense the atmosphere was and the both fan bases going back and forth and just the pure uh, despise of each other, man. It was really, really good stuff. I absolutely enjoy having Logan on. He is a great guest. He always hits me back and, and uh, just still hadn't left the stadium and decided to come on my podcast i'm sitting here it's 11 54 at night and you know he's an hour ahead of us and he's you know writing up his work and everything and just uh 
decided to come on the podcast, man. So can't thank Logan enough. He's always a great guest, always a great guy. And if you don't follow him, go give him a follow. He's a really fun follow on Twitter. Knows his stuff about uh, you know the Pennsylvania area, the, that that area of football, like he said in the podcast. So uh, they're blue collar, man, and and what a what a great night of college football in the backyard brawl, getting it getting it started for us. So with that being said, I'm gonna wrap up this episode and I'll end it with a war damn eagle, and I will see y'all Saturday. I'm out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.